0: a big boy and he is he's a grown man. Welcome back to
2: BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joe's and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL network.
1: Welcome back BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL network Joe Joe and Hawksworth with you on a Monday presented by BetMGM the voice there of Jalen Hurts talking about DeVonte Smith who had a gigantic game yesterday Eagles blow the door blow the doors off the Commanders down in DC. Let's talk some football here Brad Spielberger pro football Focus, joining us On the guest line, Brad, let's start with the Eagles. It seems like right now, everything they want to do, they do. I mean, they're averaging the league high yards per play, allowing the league best yards per play in terms of defense. Um, Is this Eagles team as good or great as they look right now?
0: I think they really are. Uh, I think they've even exceeded some folks' expectations, and they had lofty expectations coming into the year. Um, Jalen Hurts is TFF's highest graded quarterback by a decent margin right now. I think he's answering a lot of the questions about him. A.J. Brown looking like the guy they traded for. And then everything else is in place. The trenches are playing well. They're winning up front on both sides of the football. And like you said, are just dictating terms, doing whatever they want to do in all three of these games so far this year.
2: All right, Brad, let's talk about your team. We haven't spent a moment on the show and we've been on the air for an hour and 20 minutes talking about this game, but it's understandable because Bears Texans was uh, some really bad football, but the Bears start out two and one and Herbert for for the moment leads the league in week three rushing. How about that? Uh, number one is Herbert. Number two is, is Cordero Patterson. Uh, I find that quite amusing, but you know, a lot of fan bases, they overreact. And if their team's 2 and one it's all right, let's get our playoff spot ready. And I'm shocked that that's not what's happening here in Chicago. The lead is not the Bears are 2-1. and The lead is Justin Fields might be a bust. I know we're just three games into uh, a, another new offense for him, but what are your takeaways on Fields?
0: Yeah, you guys not talking about them. It's kind of like red zone yesterday. I'm not sure if I saw a highlight of the Bears <laughs> the whole time. Uh, and I'm not sure I'm complaining either. I think I'm just pointing out a fact. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. it, it is legitimately concerning. Yes. I, you know, I'm a Bears fan. I, I will readily admit that uh, the one caveat I will give Justin field. And look, I, my hand is hovering over the panic button. There's no argument about that, but he has now played obviously week one against San Francisco was basically a water polo game. I mean, I mean, truly monsoon yep. conditions. i said, all right, let's kind of, let's kind of write that off the last two weeks wind has been a factor i think a lot of folks maybe don't know this that wind actually impacts passing more than rain i when i'm looking at the slate and trying to find totals or values on teams i like based on if they run or throw the ball wind is a big factor so all of that said there's kind of an excuse for him just on condition so far but it really doesn't matter if it continues to happen where he still has completed less passes than josh allen completed yesterday alone for the entire season um so yeah, I am near the panic button. It is starting to get a little bit scary. Why against Green Bay when you have a game script that would you know insinuate you want to throw the football? They're still running the ball. Are they afraid to throw with him? The two interceptions yesterday against Houston were both ugly. An overthrow. The late one was just a bad, bad throw. The first one was also a pretty bad throw. Like they're you know they're not getting tipped. They are bad throws. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll end on a positive note. Khalil Herbert, like you mentioned, leading the league in rushing yards this week had six explosive rushes more than any other back, and four seven missed tackles, also the most of any running back this week. So the running game is working at least.
3: Brad, you mentioned Jalen Hurts as the highest-graded quarterback, according to PFF. From what you've seen um, through the first few weeks here, how, how would those gradings and what you've seen, how you have assessed these quarterbacks, how would that affect how you play the MVP market?
0: It's a great question. You know, I do think that when you get into the MVP conversation, sometimes you also look at head coaches. And, for example, I thought a lot of people thought Kirk Cousins was a sexy pick this year. And I thought if they win 11, 12 games, Kevin O'Connell might get coach of the year. And folks will give a lot of the, you know, kind of the benefit or the credit to the coach. So I do kind of think Nick Sirianni is in a similar boat as Shane Steichen, a great offensive coordinator is there as well where they might try to credit the organization and everyone that built up around him, the great offensive line, trading for A.J. Brown. So I don't know. I don't know that it significantly impacts MVP for me, for him so far. He has played well. The stats are there. The wins are obviously there. I just, those narrative bets, you kind of start to think, poke holes in it. And I could see a situation where coaching gets credit or executive of the year for Howie Roseman. So I would still kind of wait a little bit to see how that market reacts to a couple more weeks,
1: Brad. Tonight feels like one of those, you know, plug your nose Monday night football games. The totals under forty. It's a division rivalry, Giants and the Cowboys. We're looking at Giants about a one point favorite right now in this game. Cooper Rush starting for the second straight week. I mean, the Giants win; they're three and zero with the Bears coming in next week. So this stable thing could really take off. Speaking of Coach of the Year stuff, how do you handicap tonight with the Giants and the Cowboys?
0: Yeah, I think the Giants are one of the worst 2 0 football teams
1: in a very long time. Uh,
0: not, not to beat around the bush. You know, yards per play, they're a bottom 10 offense. Uh, the defense ha- has been okay and does have guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari. Their young edge rushers are going to return and play more with some health getting better. But nevertheless, it's just not a good football team. They've eked out two wins against some, you know, kind of questionable opponents so far. Tennessee is down this year. Carolina, not a good football team. I think that Cooper Rush comes in and wins another game, another close one. Obviously, the spread has moved from Giants laying a field goal. They're now just minus one. It's basically a pick Um And I like Dallas to come in and win this game. As much as a 4-0 potential Giants team um, you know, would have the city of New York rocking if they were to pull that off with a win tonight and next week against Chicago.
2: Are the Jaguars a real threat, or more was it? Was it more of the perfect team at the perfect time with the Chargers uh, beat up at all the impactful positions?
0: No, I think they're legitimately the best team in the AFC South. Uh, Maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but I I was never sold on the Titans or the Colts particularly. I probably took the Colts from the division kind of as, you know, someone has to win this division. But, you know, bet Tennessee to miss the playoffs. I'm sure I shared that on the show at one point. Um, And and you Mm -hmm. look at Jacksonville, I think it's improvement on both sides of the ball but then also just Doug Peterson, we, we sometimes undervalue the impact of going from a guy like an Urban Meyer to a Doug Peterson. They're efficient. They're disciplined. They played smart, sound football yesterday on both sides of the ball. He was quick with getting in his calls in. So Trevor Lawrence gets everyone lined up and then has, you know, 15, 20 seconds. There were some even fourth downs where they were set and ready to go. Earlier than you know, you, you see some teams get set. And a typical play, they're just so much more efficient and organized. Um, and I think they are for real. I think Christian Kirk is is kind of proving some doubters wrong so far with his big contract. He got playing well. Um, they're just they're, they're a sound football team. It's hard to poke kind of major holes in any part of the roster. Maybe they need some you know kind of superstars to take them to that next level. But they're pretty good at at almost every spot.
3: Brad, this game interests me. I know uh, Devonte Adams, he said he's frustrated. he's angry about the Raiders winless start. They're hosting the Broncos um, two point favorites at home hosting the Broncos. What's your early thought on this matchup?
0: Yeah, you know, I really don't understand what's going on with Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean both quarterbacks in this game are not playing well at all both in the in the 20s and, and PFF grade so far this season. Ah, uh, Derek Carr also has the second most turnover-worthy plays in the NFL, I uh, also has thrown plenty of interceptions. Don't even need to get into the you know the advanced numbers. He's just been bad and has not been productive. And then Russell Wilson—it's it, just strange. I mean, not really playing the style of football we're used to. He's not dancing around the pocket really. Which, yes, you know, some folks would say is not a, a sustainable thing. But he really hasn't done much of it at all. And they just have not been able to move the football. They do have some injuries to some receivers. Um, but I don't really think enough to kind of make excuses for how bad he's been. But in this matchup, you know, I think Denver's defensive line, Bradley Chubb playing really well in a contract year, Randy Gregory now healthy and getting after the quarterback, that, that Raiders offensive line is is maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL. Uh, to to go all out and trade for a Devontae Adams, pay all these guys, and leave that unit that poor, um, I think it could be the difference again, and, and they could be 0-4, You know, with two losses in their own division in in that AFC West, which would be a terrible start, but entirely possible.
1: Brad, one of the things we talked about to open the show today, and you can't ignore it with the Buffalo Bills, is when they win, they blow teams out. They win all these games by 10-plus points, and then when they lose, it's because it's a close game. Yesterday, obviously, fit the bill of a close game. They they lose. They haven't won one of these kind of games in in almost two years now. What do you make of that? Is that something to worry about is that flukiness, randomness. It's, it is something worth talking about. It's just trying to understand what you think it means that the Buffalo Bills, when it's a close game, they lose it. What do you think about that?
0: That is an interesting point. I would say at the outset, the positive takeaway is just it probably means you're a good team. You know, if you're losing one-score games, obviously we've talked about regression, and eventually those things are going to swing the other direction. So if you lose a bunch of those games, you might win a bunch going forward. For example, the Las Vegas Raiders were 7-2 in one-score games last year. They're now 0-3 in one-score games this year. So so those are the things we look at and, and see those trends to kind of reverse. With Buffalo, it is interesting. Like I said, obviously it means they're good because they're not getting blown out and they are blowing out of their teams. But that's the where you also point to, look, you want a Josh Allen, you want an offense like theirs, but there is some credence to, can they bleed out games? Can they have those long – seven, eight-minute sustained drives where they, they lean on the run game a little bit. They do pick up first downs or throw on early downs to keep the chains moving and be ahead of schedule. But can they also just kind of bleed clock and just have some of those, you know, those, those soul-sucking drives that just kill the opposing defense? And we just don't really mm-hmm. see that. It's a lot of explosive plays, a lot of chunk plays. So that a Diggs or Gabriel Davis. I think that's the need to work on is just some of that more consistency of, you know, be successful on early downs. Stay ahead of the chain, but stay out there for a while and sustain some of these drives.
2: Brad, we've got Monday Night Football, but I, I'm jacked for Thursday Night Football. We, uh, we're already breaking that game down, and we have some disagreement on the show. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the uh, the Dolphins bounce back after their defense was on the field for 90 plays. In the heat, There's, they're 3-0. and They're riding high, and then they're they're going to visit the Bengals. You know, you've got Mike McDaniel dealing with, with the short week for the very first time as a head coach. Uh, this number's out to three. Any initial thoughts on the Bengals as field goal favorites over the Dolphins?
1: Yeah, I
0: thought folks that jumped on the early line of around one and a half when it opened were smart. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously Miami has played well. It looks good. Just beat, you know, a lot of team, people's favorite team in the Buffalo Bills. But – Tua I had that weird injury yesterday where it looked like it was his head. He said it was his back. And there's now an NFLPA investigation, actually, into his concussion protocol and if it was handled properly. I think either way, if he has a back issue going into a short week on a Thursday, it's going to be tough to get healthy. They're without Byron Jones, their stud cornerback who was on IRs the last game he misses. Xavier Howard, their other great corner in this game against Buffalo, got dinged up. I think he should be able to play, but not at 100%. Um, I think the Bengals will kind of come out make a statement. They had a, you know, a, a bit of a dress rehearsal against the Jets where they didn't have to play all the way into the fourth quarter, Um, won that game fairly handily. I think they get back on track. They play a good game against a Dolphins defense that, look, the defensive line is going to give Joe Burrow fits. Melvin Ingram, their, their veteran in Miami, looked great. Jalen Phillips, their young rookie, almost had an interception that game, played well against Buffalo. But I think Burrow and them will get the ball out quickly, get their guys, get their playmakers the ball in space. Let them go to work against a banged up secondary, and I think they will win that game and get back on track.
3: All right. I know you talked about the Jags a little bit um, and that they might be your favorite team in the AFC South. Um, at the Eagles, I was more interested in the total in this one. Um, while we've been talking, it went from 47 to 48 and a half. What, what do you think about the over with both these offenses certainly capable to put up a lot of points?
0: Yeah, no question about it. And I know across the league so far, unders have been, have been hitting fairly well and numbers are pretty low. You see a lot of you know, 40s and 38 and a halfs, and, and a lot of these things. But I think these two teams that you saw it with Philadelphia in week one, where if they go up, go up against a team that is a good offensive line that they can they can hold up, which the Detroit Lions do, they, those teams can score. You know, I think with Minnesota, we didn't see that. Obviously with Washington, they do have a decent unit, but just were unable to move the ball in any way, shape, or form um, with Carson Wentz yesterday. But I think with Jacksonville, like we talked about, You know, their tackle spots are good, not great. They added Brandon Sheriff, the guard, the right guard and free agency to a big-time deal. They have depth at wide receiver now, so Lawrence can kind of, you know, go through his progressions and find an open player. I'm with you. I like the over here. I think Philadelphia will certainly score. And I think Jacksonville, especially, you know, kind of Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia. There's some bad blood there between Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles, that organization. Uh, And I think scoring some points with Trevor Lawrence, um then they can feel a little bit better about that. So I like the over there as well.
1: Hmm. Brad, very quickly here, about a minute. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Sunday night. Kansas City currently a three-point favorite in that game. What's your read on that one? This Bucks offense, three straight games without scoring 20 points.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, everyone's talking about the receivers, and the receiver issues are obviously prevalent. Mike Evans getting suspended for this week's game was not helpful at all against Green Bay. But I think the loss of Donovan Smith at left tackle, and I'm not sure he plays in this game either against Kansas City, is maybe a bigger loss. I mean, Brady is playing well. He's getting the ball out quickly, as he always does. But there is just pressure quicker. They lost center Ryan Jensen, now down left tackle Donovan Smith. And I, and I think Brady's kind of thinking a little bit and is expecting pressure to get there earlier than it's actually getting there. Um, and it's impacting his ability to find the open guy and get the ball out of his hands. So, you know, Mike Evans should be back. I think Julio Jones probably will play in this game. But I still – I think those offensive line issues right now for Tampa Bay – are serious and they are causing significant problems. I mean, the total came down in this game about a field goal already since open because of those injuries as well. Um, I like Kansas City to get back right, you know, get over that Colts loss and, and really beat the Buccaneers fairly convincingly.
1: Great stuff, Brad Spielberger, pro football focus. More on the NFL reaction to week three, looking ahead to week four next on the Beck UL network.